0: Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylon. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection, one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we didn't get much sleep, and while on the trail of a killer, watched Spine number 47 in the Criterion Collection, Eric Scholdberg's Insomnia from 1997. But first, RJ,
1: good evening. Good evening, Jared.
0: We're recording a little later than usual this week.
1: This is true. Some, this is
0: true. Because someone had a job interview. Oh, Jer, <laughs> you're you're putting the cart
1: before the horse
0: again. Uh, well, no. So uh, you had a job interview. Uh, what can I did. You, what, what What can you tell us about the job?
1: Well, have you ever heard that old cliche thing where you know someone gets a uh, a degree, like a fancy degree, like say a master's in neuroscience. And then uh, you'd think they could get a job in neuroscience, but you know what they end up getting jobs as? Uh, coffee shop baristas. Baristas, yes indeed. Um, well, okay, let me, let me. I'll put it like this: It's not a barista. That's not. I don't think that's what I would be doing. But there's a coffee shop that's opening up a, literally a block from my house. I can see it from my front door, and uh, they're a local it's a local dude who like roasts his own beans and stuff like that. And he's making a cafe because it's popular enough. He can do that. So, uh, he is actually a friend of a friend and, uh, it kind of just went down the pipe. It was like, Hey, aren't you looking for a job? Why don't you come check this out? So he was very nice. They, they, uh, I, uh, talked to them. I went and interviewed They're very nice people. And, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So there's not much to talk about, Jr. Okay. All, right. all right. All right. All right. All right. Like maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll go be a coffee roaster. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean. That's a calling. It's better than si- sitting on the toilet all day. Mm-hmm. Which is usually what I do. Right. Did I tell you I got a new toilet seat? Yeah, you you brought that up a little while oh, okay. ago. okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, just in case I didn't, uh, I hate it. Oh, oh it's a bad one. It's oh. a bad one. It's flimsy. It can't oh. it can't hold my bulk. <laughs> uh, so uh <laughs> anyways yeah so i had a busy day today i went and i worked with the cows out in the slop all day and then uh, i had Jesus. to shower up and rip over to the the coffee shop mm-hmm. and now i'm doing this and i have other plans too so oh my god for, for a guy who's got no job i'm the busiest busiest unemployed guy in the whole world son of a bitch son of a bitch but uh yeah i don't have any other interesting news how about you man are, are you uh, unemployed yet T minus two more days. Ooh. Yeah, it's very a, exciting. It's been great at work.
0: It's been very chill. Um, chill. Guess wrapping up some loose ends before I get out of there, and I'm um, uh, in keto for the next like four months. Um, yeah, there's like just yeah odds and ends. Uh, having good ch- conversations with people who stop by. Uh, <laughs> it's been wonderful. <laughs>
1: If I was you, I would cause a, create a big scene on my way out. Yeah. Wreck havoc. Never wanna see you fuckers again. Ugh, flipping tables. Yeah. And then it, and then you'll come back in four months and be like, who was wasn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Then I too could become a coffee shop roaster. Hey man it doesn't sound that bad you know what you can open <laughs> we'll open up i'll learn all the tricks to roasting beans yep. and then when you open up your vhs store yeah i'll uh, offer a uh, a barista coffee service in the back we'll do a, a dual store vhs coffee and then a local cat shelter as well oh those cat cafes are all the rage now did you know that
0: yeah i, I understand that calgary now has a cat cafe
1: it's doing really well too uh, so well in fact that they're moving on a second one andrea went to one of those in montreal one time she said it was the bee's knees yeah yeah she said it was pretty cool like the, the cat's meow the cat's meow i wasn't gonna say that because i'm i'm not a, a jerk right but uh you know i guess you could say that yeah well because i am a jerk but hey, hey rj are, guess what we what? got emails Oh my God! For yep. real? Yep. Did I, uh, my my dra- my drastic plea for attention <laughs> actually work? I, I,
0: I guess so. Um, Holy cow! Yeah,
1: and it was like the floodgates
0: opened up. Um, Good
1: emails or uh, uh, more of those negative reviews?
0: Oh, no, no, no uh, haters. Um, oh, nice. I think they, they've, they've tuned us out long ago. No, uh, yeah. we heard some from some familiar uh, voices or writers, I guess, uh, Joshua Frazier. He just wrote oh. to say, I'll miss you guys if you stop. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so... Well, uh, so there you are, Jay. I, I did not even, like, I don't know. If you said that, something along those lines, I don't remember. I sometimes zone you out, so
1: <laughs> I was like, what? Oh my, like, that was at the start of the episode last I,
0: week. I don't you don't, was totally zoned I, it out? I probably did because I, I was probably uh, doing something else.
1: <laughs> you motherfucker. I was in another place mentally. No, I was. I was saying that since we had a week off, I was just like, maybe I remember. I was like, maybe I won't ever have to see you again. And I was like, would anyone notice? So I guess friend of the show, Joshua Fraser, would notice. So mm-hmm. I guess we'll keep doing it for yeah. him.
0: Yep. Yeah, I don't I don't see any reason to stop anytime soon. Um, so we're just mm-hmm. going to keep chipping away at this bad boy. Uh,
1: especially since uh, you're going unemployed. We can really crank this fucker into high that, gear. That, that is a strong possibility. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Two, maybe we'll do two-a-days. Two-a-day. <laughs> Like uh, like back in uh, high school football in the summer, the dead heat of summer, in two-a-days. Wow. Anyways, what other emails did you get? Well, Oliver Granger, he hit
0: Ooh. us up with three different emails. Holy shit. Friend of the show. Yeah. Extraordinaire. So first email, he wrote, hey, guys, back from my holiday. Only watched Great. about four damn movies this month. And then adds, was traveling around the States. Also got married on a cruise over there. Jesus. Uh, so Congratulations. Uh, Oliver mm-hmm. to that
1: Congratulations!
0: Uh, didn't end up listening to the podcast so now have five episodes five episodes to catch up on that's always an awesome feeling sometimes to have a bunch of podcasts to blast through um, especially when you and fall unless behind it's
1: this podcast
0: that yeah that goes without say um, yep. On your Kong episode now, if you want a good title comic adaptation of the Willis O'Brien tragedy, try to get your hands on this one. And he mentions, which I I thought I brought it up on the podcast, but uh, I think I've mentioned to you, RJ, that uh, Alan Moore uh, wrote mm-hmm. in the comic Cinema Purgatorio. Uh, yes. story, this is actually where I first found out about the uh, Willis O'Brien like darkness uh, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's a fantastic comic drawn by Kevin O'Neill. Alan Moore wrote it. It's like only like six pages long, but it's like fantastic. I like, I've loved all the cinema Purgatorio stuff that Alan Moore has uh, done. He's great, but I don't think a lot of people have checked it out because it's published by Avatar and the comics are like 10 bucks a piece U.S. Um, since I mm-hmm. work at a comic book store and money is no object, I've been buying those mm-hmm. all up and like them a lot. Uh, yes, thank you, Uh, because I guess I must have forgot to mention it. Um, Yes, because you're a
1: bad podcaster
0: that's hardly prepared for uh, the episodes we do. That's right. And he mentions that he could probably scan it for us if we needed, but no need, sir. But but thank you for the offer. Uh, His final uh, message was, you guys ever think about using a DNS to access this uh, filmstruck? stuff um uh, he, says, I, he uses cactus yeah. vpn um like I, I don't know i i don't know my feelings on that like i think with like well now that you've got your android tv thing i think yeah you, you think you've got access to that stuff now anyway or, yeah. or like torrents of it but yeah no i don't know mm-hmm. i guess like paying money to filmstruck and then like having this like vpn stuff that uh, it always feels like whack-a-mole to me i guess it like it'd make mm-hmm. my life a lot easier in some ways um to, to fill in those gaps for the stuff that i don't already own um right. which i mean there's a lot of stuff like next week's movie that mm-hmm. i don't i don't have a copy of but uh mm-hmm. have acquired one um oh. so yeah don't, don't incriminate know. yourself what uh, anyway <laughs> yeah uh yeah i don't know it's a it's a good suggestion it's something to think I should think about doing maybe, but, uh, yeah, maybe one day I would hate, I would just like uh, film struck available in Canada, but, uh, we live in this garbage country with garbage distribution of, uh, mm-hmm. film and it makes me mad. Cause a lot of people, all they know is what's on Netflix and there's like, right. Oh, there was some depressing article a few weeks ago of like, just like how few movies exist on Netflix in the U S too. Like where mm-hmm. it's like, there's like 12 movies that predate 1960. Twelve right. movies. It's like, oh, that's like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of cool that YouTube exists and people just pirate stuff and throw it up there because you can just watch any old thing, right? And uh, it's just available for free without any service whatsoever. Um, sure, but yeah, I don't know the this digital age. It's kind of uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of limiting, annoyingly.
1: Well, I would say uh, if not for my current setup, uh, I would be all over that. Yeah, um, because yeah, because I don't have as easy access to some of these things like you own a lot of these and you just lend them to me but yeah. uh, the ones you don't own i can sometimes find them on my own but uh right now with the setup it is super convenient and it's super easy i can it's a dream right now when it when that thing's working it's a dream because i can just get anything i want but mm-hmm. uh um if not for that or if one day eventually they fry it because that's a it seems like a constant thing is they're trying to fry all these cody boxes oh yeah um, if that ever happens, maybe I will go this route. I'll uh, give uh, Buddy Oliver a, a ring-a-ding, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, all right, fax me that hoagie that you were mentioning from that Kong thing. Fax me that off the internet, and then uh, give me the lowdown on this DNS. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, one day maybe I will. I think that's a good idea. Right now I'm good, but if that ever goes to shit, then I might have to. Awesome. well thank you Oliver and Josh for the yes. feedback and comments um yes. RJ what Yo. did you creep this week what did I creep this week oh yeah. baby I got some creeps for you mm-hmm. I got some creeps for you so uh the first one I watched and uh, this may be a sh- surprising because it's a weird movie that a lot of people haven't heard of it is an 80s movie called forbidden world mm-hmm. uh, and essentially mm-hmm. this is a uh, I believe a Roger Corman pr- produced ripoff of Alien. Uh, I could be wrong. That's just what I heard. I don't even know where I had heard about this. Me? <laughs> Was it? Did you talk about this on the show? Ah, uh, I might have. <laughs>
0: because oh. I, I, I did watch this, uh, and I never yeah. even talked it up with you. I don't. Don't
1: Keep talking about it, though. So- maybe, maybe it was in a ghoul school or something. Perhaps. But uh, yeah. So, in case you did, I'll, I'll be brief. But yeah, it's like an alien ripoff in yep. the '80s. Uh, I thought this movie was fucking awesome. Yeah. I thought it was really good. It was like uh, the setup is that the um, the people, like the humans, are creating like alien, like clone DNA, like they're trying to create these things. And then one of them like becomes a monster instead of them, like kind of stumbling upon it. Mm -hmm. And then you have this like big kind of buggy spider, Goo alien yes. uh, stalking everyone. Uh this movie's really sleazy. There's a lot of unnecessary nudity oh. scenes. Yeah, which there's is some, some spot, Very some
0: nice. steam baths and yeah. stuff. Yeah.
1: Steam baths. Uh there's a couple of sex scenes. Yes. Uh there's so- beefy. Soft focus. <laughs> soft focus. Yeah. Uh there's beefy dudes doing beefy things. Mm-hmm. Um but actually I was really impressed with this. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really good. Like it's uh it's edited and paced really well. Like mm-hmm. Uh, in the first 10 minutes, I was like, man, this is a good movie. Like, cause it's got like this synth, uh, like synthy sound, uh, score yeah. and, uh, it's like r- kind of fast edits and they're, I don't know, man, I thought it was really well done. Uh, that's a hard recommend from, uh, from me. So I don't know if, I can't remember if you've talked about this oh, we, on the yeah, show. I, I, but... def-
0: I watched it in October and, oh, okay. uh, def- I'm seeing if, uh, I would have brought it up because I also, uh, very like much like that movie. Um, Yeah, it was good, eh? Yeah, no, it's yeah, I liked it. Um, I think I remember like the opening is like very like uh, it's like kind of lots of repurposed footage. I don't know if you noticed when you were watching it, like the whole like if you look at the walls, it's just like fast food containers that have all been assembled on the wall and spray painted and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's
1: definitely got like a like it's cheap and you know it is, but uh, uh, they play it straight and uh, it actually like there's a lot of scenes that look really good and Mm -hmm. um. I don't know, for, like, a B sci-fi alien ripoff, like, I thought it was fucking good, man. It's one yeah. of the better ones I've ever seen. Yeah, there's
0: the, there's actually the, it's sort of like the spiritual prequel. Like, it's the first movie of these, like, kind of sci-fi knockoffs. It's one called, it's called <laughs> Galaxy of Terror. Um, and, uh, it, it, right. and it's it's far more, like, straight up um, alien. Like alien. Uh, but this yeah. is also very alien <laughs> in a different way.
1: Yeah. Uh, is- yeah, it's it's like it. Oh, uh, I just that reminded me uh, one thing in this movie that was wicked was uh, some pretty primo special effects when uh, the dudes are like melting and stuff like like the the alien like bites these guys and then they start to turn into like a, a protein blob yeah. so that it can consume them later. And there's some pretty wicked scenes where like the guy half of his face is melted and it's just a skull, but it's like breathing and moving still. And I was I was like, man, this looks really good. Like based on how all the sets are like designed and stuff like that. Like they, they put a lot of or it looks like they tried to give the actual effects some attention. So mm. yeah, I was just really impressed with this uh, for a total, like a blind watch. It was just in my watch list. So I guess it was probably cause you talked it up.
0: Yeah. But, but you know uh, what? I, I don't think I ever talked about it on uh, the podcast.
1: So well, well now I, well now I'm doing it. There you go. But uh, yeah, I, I wanted an alien fix. Yeah. Uh, And uh, yeah, I was like, hey, that looks pretty neat. And uh, it was pretty neat. So that was a good watch for everyone. Yep. And then I followed that up with uh, a new movie from last year, which was All the Rage. Uh, I was waiting forever. A lot of people have seen it. I was waiting for like a Blu-ray release. But uh, as we mentioned earlier with that uh, fancy box, I was Mm -hmm. like, man, fuck it. I'm going to watch this thing. So I watched last year's new Toho produced Shin Godzilla, aka Godzilla Re- Resurgence. Yeah. Uh, and this movie, I believe, has a couple directors, one of which was the creator of Neon, Genis- uh, Neon Genesis Neon Genesis Evangelion, Ge- yes. Evangelion, yeah. You got it out there. I was trying to. Yeah. So uh, Evangelion, um, and his influence I think is totally felt. Uh, so up front, uh, this movie was wicked. Yeah, I really That's liked good to hear. it. Uh, I really liked it. Um, it is a uh, – Godzi- Japan hasn't made a Godzilla movie since 2004. And that was uh, Final Wars, I believe, which I didn't like at all. Um, it's re- – well, not at all, but I, d- I didn't like Final Wars that much. It's like really goofy. Yeah. And it's super over the top, which I'm I mean some people like. I think they tried to make – like I think one of the big complaints is – that the people part of the story is always really boring. So in Final Wars, it was like Kung Fu aliens, whatever. So Godzilla Godzilla Resurgence or Shin Godzilla, uh, it is totally through the government's perspective. So it's like, what would the government been, be doing if, say, a fucking giant monster just crawled in to the city? Uh, it's really good. Um, it's really, like, fast, kind of... It reminded me of, like uh, an Aaron Sorkin movie actually, hmm. like, cause it's just like people, like people talking about like fucking political stuff, but it's actually interesting. Um, that for the first hour of this movie flies by, like it's so well done, like seeing the, the levels of the levels and like the division of labor between like government workers of like the first people who are doing it, the analyzers, like the people who report it to like the prime minister, all that stuff. Like, um it's really good uh the only kind of downside i guess is japanese cgi which i don't really know why but it's Uh, just not very good um so the cgi wasn't great i do think there there was a big suit and a guy in the suit for uh, some of this movie um but uh yeah the cgi is not great but i can look over that or look past that, because Godzilla's really cool. Uh, there's one thing I didn't notice, and I don't really want to get too much into spoilers, but you you kind of see different phases of Godzilla. Okay. Uh, like, he's not just one thing the whole time. He's and, evolving. Uh, yes, kind of. Yeah. Uh, and the first thing of Godzilla you see is, like, super fucking gross. It's got, yeah. like, gill flaps, and there's, like, blood pouring out of it, and it's all, like, muscle tissue and... I was just like, man, this is so gross. Hmm. Uh, I don't really know why they did that. But I mean uh, well I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people really like that. Yeah. I was just grossed out by it. I was like, fuck, that's
0: gross. Um I just wanted to get out there. Yeah. So Hideshi Ano, he's the non-genesis yeah. guy who uh co-directed it with uh, uh Shinji Higuchi. And he his like claim of the fame is that he worked on those Attack on Titan live action movies. Oh, uh, okay. And then like a few other things that I haven't I don't think I've seen anything by him. What is this one? Oh, uh, God, it's not loading up fast enough. Giant God Warrior Appears in Tokyo. This was like a, a nine minute long, uh, like Studio Ghibli live action thing that's got yeah. like, a, like a. It's from 2012. And I think I do actually remember seeing that kind of uh, pop up at one point. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, there, there's some 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 good quality people who worked on this. Mm-hmm. Like when you say like, you can see the Anno, Anno uh, influence, are you like talking about like, from like kind of like a cinematography standpoint? Like, is there like, like, cause the sense that I got kind of from the trailer, cause I haven't watched this movie yet, even though like I've seen every Godzilla movie, I've been mm-hmm. holding off on watching this probably until it comes out on Blu-ray sometime, yeah. hopefully by the end of this year in North America. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of time before I get to it. I'd say wait for the blue. For yeah. sure. But, yeah, so the the Neon Genesis influence, like, I think it is some of the cinematography. Like, they have some of the shots that you see in uh, Evangelion are, like, in this movie. So, like, shots of the trains or, like, kind of that wide shot of the city. Like, right. it's kind of – I'm kind of – I'm finding it kind of hard to pin that. But uh, one thing in particular was uh, there's lots of purple in this movie. And I just <laughs> associate that with uh, Evangelion, like I guess with the purple Evas and like light, like Godzilla's uh, atomic breath in this movie is purple. Right. And uh, it's like kind of pouring out of him. And there's – oh, uh, the the big Evangelion thing is the uh, score. So there's a lot of uh, scenes where it's like kind of towering shots around round you're kind of like rotating him and there's like this really repeat, fucking repeat what you just said uh skype, oh. did, skype was being an asshole there son of a bitch all right uh so the score is like evangelion in the sense where you have these like towering shots that kind of circle around godzilla and there's this like really majestic fucking triumphant score and it, it you you can't help like you get emotional yep. you're like man this is fucking beautiful mm. and like it just kind of you feel strong like you feel like you could punch through a brick wall when you watch something like that it right. just pumps you up uh so stuff like that i was like man i really like this but the only the only real criticism other than like the cgi which i mean is a given uh it does that first hour and a half is so strong that uh, the ending kind of it kind of runs out of gas a little bit mm. um although like i liked it as a whole yeah it's just uh, it's a 2 hour movie and near the end of that two hours, you're you're kind of like, all right, wrap it up, boys. Kinda, yeah, wrap wrap it up a little bit. But uh, for the most part, like, I really liked it. I thought it was great.
0: How does it? Because uh, I like, I saw you uh, regarded it seemed like fairly highly. How does it stack up
1: with uh, those cameras from the nineties? Oh, uh, it's it's good, man. I would put it right at the back of that of okay. those cameras. The, those ninety cameras are the shit. Yeah. So I'd have to rewatch them because I've only watched them the one time, but uh, I'm sure it could go toe-to-toe with okay. at least one of those movies. Yeah, I rewatched
0: watched those because uh, I, I watched those for the first time a couple, like a few years ago, and then I watched them again last year, and they totally hold up. They're, like, so impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, cool. Well, I, I'm i looking forward to eventually watching Shin Godzilla. And, yeah. Uh,
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd say wait for the blue. Yeah. But uh, So that's all uh, I watched, but I read – two books this week jared how is that possible i read well one i was already like a hundred pages in but uh, okay. i've actually started capitalizing on my unemployment Beautiful. i'll just talk about one though maybe for time okay and uh so i read gerald's game by mr stephen uh, king yes. as this is somewhat the stephen king podcast yep uh so i bring it up because it will be a movie this very year uh probably in the summer by uh, our boy mike flanagan yeah uh, who i don't know if we've actually talked about on the show or not. Maybe in passing, but... Uh, yeah,
0: I'm not sure. I think maybe maybe Hush was pr- talked about.
1: Maybe maybe Hush. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're both fans of this Mike Flanagan guy. Yeah. Uh, and he is going to be making... or He made it already. It'll be a Netflix movie later this summer. Okay. And uh, yeah. I remember hearing about it and about like... Because uh, it, it's a property that people have wanted to do for a long time. But there's a problem with it because a lot of... <laughs> A lot of the book is like, so if anyone's not familiar, Gerald's Game, uh, the main character is a lady who at the start of the book, her husband handcuffs her to the bed in like a kinky sex thing. And then he suffers a heart attack and dies. And so the whole book is just this lady handcuffed to a bed. Pretty scary, right? Uh, So the way she copes with it is that uh, people from her past kind of act as like a conscious or a conscience like talking to her giving her advice Mm -hmm. so she had like a really sassy friend and she'll give her like sassy advice and then she'll have she had like a different friend who like is a little more conservative and like tries to keep her grounded so excuse me um i think the the trouble with that is a lot of the book and the story is just her kind of talking to herself yeah so it's like, how do you film that? Do you have the voices have unique individual voices or is it just her all as one? Excuse me. For <laughs> Sorry, I had a little tickle in my throat. That's okay. Was, uh, it actually was, like, blocked it all out. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, I found that mute button. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I was yelling at the cows today, so my voice is a little rasped. Yeah. But anyways, people are wondering how he was going to do it. And he did it. So I read this Gerald's game, and it was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, I think the premise is awesome because I think that is a pretty scary situation. Uh, There were a few points in the book that got icky Mm. for me. And if you ask what icky means, you (coughs) – sorry, you'll see. (laughs) Uh, You know what? Whatever. Gerald's game was good. I liked it. Uh, That's it. Okay. Yeah, I mean – Over
0: to you. Okay, so, like, I had only read, like, a little bit of Gerald's Game, and, uh, like, I, what did I read about, like, the first fifth, maybe first hundred pages, and I, I enjoyed while I was reading, but then I just, like, like like I've mentioned before with fiction books, I kind of just set it down, and then I move on with my life, but, like, uh, I remember reading and being, like, really impressed with, I love how good uh, King is at creating characters and just, like, making you care about them in, like, yeah. no time at all, which is, like, a shortcoming, I think, of, like, a lot of fiction these days, be it film or comics or whatever, where it's just, like, they think that you just, they assume that you're going to care because you're reading it rather than, hey, I have to win you over as a writer. And, like, so, I mean, like, I always love like the, those first, that one chapter where he's like, oh, now you're the dog. Like, and this this wild yeah. dog that's just wandering around. You get to, like, you get to the entire backstory of this dog, and you're like, oh, this poor dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just, like, incredible. And it's like what a that's like his strengths as a writer. It's like how he whipped whip this stuff up when he's at his best. Um, but yeah, I was yep. really I enjoyed what I read of that book.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I I really enjoyed it too. I think it's a wicked book. Um, the only thing I don't like is the icky part that I'm talking about. Kind of delves into that child sexual harassment like molestation thing. Mm-hmm. And like I think he's trying to use it as like a way to rationalize like the way that a character copes with a thing and like why these things kind of happen. But I was like, I don't know if that's totally necessary. Mm. I don't know. That was the part I didn't like, but I actually really liked the ending. It kind of took a turn that I wasn't like, you kind you can kind of see, but like, you're like, will he, won't he? It's like, I I wonder like what there's like a certain element he brings up, like where there's something that kind of she sees when she's on the bed and you can't really tell like What's real and what isn't, and where he takes that, I thought yeah. was really cool. Well, so um, I mean, yeah. And, yeah, and plus, like with this story, like the other thing that pops in
0: my mind is like just like ent- an entire chapter, like describing like the process of her like seeing that there's a, a glass of water mm-hmm. on the like the bedstand and the process yeah. of like trying to get it, and it's just like it's so good, like it's like or that stuff's like really well done.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that stuff's all that's why he's so good, man. That stuff was all really well done, and then uh. One, there's a scene with the handcuff which is if they i hope they show it in the movie and if they do people are gonna be fucking like ah. f- physically upset by it because it's just it's it's gross yeah and uh, i i don't get squeamish when i read because i'm not a nerd but uh reading that i was like oh <laughs> you kind of you let out a little grunt you're like that's gross no. It's really gross. Um but yeah, he's the best. He's so good. And then the book I read after that is just a prime example of why Stephen King is uh Stephen King and other people aren't. But uh maybe I'll talk about that next week okay. because that's gonna be a movie soon too as well. Oh a tease. Whoa. A tease. Well yeah. well like RJ. Horror. <laughs> I've got I got two movies
0: here for you Say on me. Uh first I'll talk about uh me and the boys. We went and watched another Neil Breen movie. <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, yeah, following up from Double Down, uh, mm-hmm. we watched his film called Fateful Findings. Uh, yeah. This movie came out, I guess, in 2013. This is a movie readily available on YouTube uh, for your perusal. Uh, I think in some ways, Fateful Findings tops uh, Double Down. Uh, <laughs> so in this film, also starring, written by, directed by one Neil Breen, uh, uh-huh. he's a writer who is in a car accident and i don't know he he's having some difficulties like getting back to his life so it's almost like Stephen King oh. um <laughs> neat uh, so, neat so the, so the actual story begins with like him and this like girl as little kids and they find like a magic box in the forest and they the girl takes a bracelet out of it and they bond over this thing she writes it in the note saying this, what a magical day and then she holds on this notebook until the day she finds Neil Breen's character again um I don't know. There's some subplots involving, like, uh, somebody's, like, friends who, like, they're, like, in a shitty relationship. Um, There's, like, a a murder that gets staged to look like a suicide. And then there's a, like, heroin overdose scene that is made to, that basically plays out like a suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, There's lots of things getting thrown around. There's lots of really really bad camera work and bad editing nice. and bad sound design. In fact actually at times you could almost say that the sound design is really good in the sense that it like resembles like uh, like a David Lynch film like in an eraserhead movie where there's this like low mm. rumbling industrial sound over like every scene even though they're just like in a like residential home. Um, right. So yeah the story is just about him am- oh yeah he's got laptops uh, the laptops are back no uh, canned tuna though. Like in Double Down, which was a letdown, but lots of like Mm -hmm. laptops that are clearly not on, but he's working on them, like five or six at a time. But then the the other shoe drops is apparently this guy who's a writer. He's he became a writer because he stopped being a computer hacker, Um, which if you recall in Double Down he was also like this like elite level computer hacker, super espionage, like black ops guy. And here he is again, once once again. uh, a computer hacker talking about bringing down the system. But RJ, Me? uh, yeah. what, what I would, I would recommend this to people who like bad movies. If you're like into, okay. if you're into like the room, if you're into like Miami connection, if you're like, can like find something enjoyable about watching like in sheer incompetence, uh, this movie is definitely, uh, I recommend, but this scene's got like i I've never seen a man like a movie where it's like a guy eating a, like a plate of spinach salad before like in, in the way he does it you've never seen anyone do it before uh it's just could you explain that a little bit
1: like what? There's nothing. Or it has to be seen to be believed. It
0: has to be seen to be believed. And hey, this is on YouTube. Uh, maybe in the show notes, I'll throw a, a timestamp so you can check it out. Cause his facials, yeah. like he just like looks like such a creep. Like, and he he, you know, he's a creep, and he, he always finds yeah. a way to like, I don't know, his like ass and balls appear way too often <laughs> in his movies. And then and his he's, balls, like, his balls. Um, like from the back or from the front? Uh, from the back just drooping nice. balls. Um, nice. th- th- then like him, like forcing himself on these women that are his like co-stars They're they're somehow always like naked. Mm-hmm. And he just like, brings them in for a nice slow hug against Poor his girls. like very unimpressive physique. Uh, yeah. and then the end of this movie is like amongst one of the greatest fucking endings I've <laughs> seen in one of these types of movies. Like it's just groundbreaking. Uh, Spoil it, it. it's a, it's a, it's a suicide montage. Um, so what happens is he 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 breaks out all his hacking skills and he unco- he, he just like he uncovers it all man everything mm-hmm. he, he blows the lid off of everything and yeah. and then there's a, so then it finds him like in front of like a blue screened White House giving this speech and he's mm-hmm. just talking about like uh I don't know corruption and then, like, there's this, like, shot of, like, a bunch of, like, actors, like, just, like, not even actors, just people pretending to be actors all standing around in suits off to the side. And mm-hmm. then he's giving the speech, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll cut to one of them talking about, I am, like, a bank executive, and I cannot believe, now that my sins have been found out, that... Uh, That I was so evil and there's like nothing I can do now but to end my own life. And then -hmm. then the guy just is standing there and then he pulls a gun to his head and shoots himself in the head, which is Mm. fucking hilarious. And then another person comes up and just says, I am a bank executive and I cannot believe this has happened. And then we get like a montage of this guy like hanging himself in a room, and then another one of like a woman, like she's like I don't know a, a senator, and mm-hmm. I can My connections with this system have also been uncovered, and there's only one option here now. And then you can see her like uh, die by uh, starting the car in my garage, <laughs> carbon monoxideing herself, and then someone right. else does it, and it's just like it keeps going. All while Neil Breen is just speechifying about the corruptions of the modern world <laughs> and having to return to like values and whatnot. It's it is something
1: right. else. It's incredible. It sounds pretty neat. Pretty, and neat. I don't use that. I don't use that word lightly. You, you don't throw that around. No.
0: Um, so the other film I watched uh-huh. is a little film called Swiss Army Man. Ooh, yeah.
1: I I want to see that movie for a while. Well, I'm interested to hear your take. Well, RJ, mm-hmm.
0: I very much enjoyed this movie. Ah, uh, uh, Wicked. I think. You might love this movie. Uh-huh. I think, I think there's a strong possibility that this could be, like, one of your all-time favorite movies, actually. Is it
1: – can I just interject for a second? Yeah. Is it
0: because of Fart?
1: Yes. Partly. Okay. Okay. Nice. Um, I'm going to watch that this week.
0: Okay. I, yeah. So, Swiss Army Man, I guess, like, how do you feel about The Lobster as a movie?
1: I liked the lobster. Okay, I I really liked it. Uh, roommate Scott did not like that movie at all, though. Mm. So uh, he a little, really little differing tastes. Swiss Army Man
0: I think is like a, a bit of a Rorschach test. I think some you mm-hmm. hold it up. Some people like love this movie, and some people will just they hate it. Like on my letterbox, it seems pretty uh, divisive. People like just like oh, I don't like this thing at all, uh, or they just like just hate it. Like they just hate it, or they really like like it a lot. One or the other, mm-hmm. and a little bit in between, I guess. Uh, so Swiss Army Man, Paul Dano, that that Harry Potter kid. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it starts off on a deserted island. Paul Dano, uh, he wants off this island, but it's not it's not looking like he's gonna get off. So he's gonna end his life, mm-hmm. and just in the nick of time, a body washes up on shore. And Paul Dano goes to investigate. Oh, but maybe it's another guy, like like another castaway. but no, it's just a dead body. Mm. Or is it (gasps) Swiss army, man, Swiss army, man. Uh, and then the movie kind of just takes off from there. Um, and yeah, I, this movie is beautiful. Uh, it it looks great the whole time. Um, my friend, Mike, he loves this movie. And he, uh, mm-hmm. he was telling me I had to watch it. I had to watch it. I had sitting at home. Uh, my, I bought that Blu ray. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just like decided I'm going to check it out. Did. And I uh, was very pleased to do so. Uh, sometimes it's weird watching a movie that you know is not for everybody. Cause you're like, yeah. oh, it's just like you start thinking about like what other people think. I hate it. Like maybe that's just a thing mm-hmm. I do. Uh, but I yeah, know I I really like this. Um it's just like, I don't know, it's such a basic thing. Uh, it's got some, uh, I don't know, I don't want to get too much into it because I think it's yeah. better to, for you, because you're going to watch it anyway.
1: I'll watch it, I'll watch it this week, but I just cruise in my letterbox and it is a, a very clean split. People either love this movie or hate it. Yeah. So, which is what you're saying, I guess, but no, no. I'm, I'm going to watch this movie okay. this week. Okay, cool. For uh, sure. I'm not going to talk about it anymore
0: because you're going to watch okay. it and uh, you can go in uh, mm-hmm. fresh fresh
1: nice yeah, okay. i've actually i i have been meaning to watch it for a while i just uh haven't because andrea also wants to watch this because i described it as the farting corpse movie with daniel radcliffe she's like that sounds fun
0: yeah that's an aspect
1: so, of it for sure um yeah. i don't know, you, how, you I, don't, know cool? I don't know how she'll like it but <laughs> she she might Some, sometimes she likes stuff like that but mm-hmm. uh, you know what pretty cool which is uh shows the character of mr daniel radcliffe apparently there's a lot of nude scenes and stuff like that and they had like a stunt body built and he was like, "No, I'll just do it myself." Hmm. So uh, all those like weird—I I guess there's weird, bloated nude scenes, and a lot of that's just him mm. because he—he's an actor, damn it, and he's committed to it. Huh? You know, I don't know about those scenes. There's definitely some butts. Some of them. Like I don't know. I—I I guess like. If he's like riding him down a mountain, that's probably not Daniel Radcliffe. Well, but I, I uh, just,
0: yeah, I assume there's yeah, there's definitely things at times where uh, it would not make sense for a real human being to be in there. But uh, mm. yeah,
1: well, some of the cases, but uh, that's cool. I'm glad you liked it, and uh, I will report back next week, and we can get into the nitty gritty. Outstanding. So, if any any listeners want to avoid spoilers as well, that's your homework for the week. <laughs> Check out that Swiss Army Man. <laughs> yes um hey rj Yo. got, you got any news got a little tidbit for you Get okay. uh before at my actual news i heard uh this is like a, a couple days old but our buddy as i mentioned him before mike flanagan he's gonna make a adaptation for uh haunting of hill house or something oh, so, the oh, shirley jackson haunt. okay uh, the shirley Jackson story, haunting of hill house or something yeah, like that or something which like that. um for netflix because he's in that netflix game now and he's got that netflix money so that's pretty cool i'm excited to see that i think he's a neat dude yeah. uh anyways yeah. real news announced today to nobody's surprise uh m night shamamon mm. is making a, a split ooh split sequel get that to his two movies unbreakable and split there's going to be a sequel convergence of the two. And he did this in grand fashion. Uh, and people don't know this, but uh, Jarrett hates this stuff. Well, I, we talked <laughs> about that, I guess. but um, We sure did. Uh, I mean, uh, I follow M. Night on Twitter, and mm-hmm. uh, he tweets the most ridiculous shit sometimes, and I always send them to Jarrett, and he hates it. But that's funny. <laughs> uh, and so he announced this movie in a standard M. Night fashion in a tweet. single tweets where it's like, Bruce Willis will return as Harry Dunn, tweet. Samuel Jackson will return as Mr. Glass, tweet. James McAvoy will return as 100 characters, tweet. Uh, Anna Taylor Johnson will return. And then it was like, in the sequel to both movies, now titled Glass.
0: (sighs) And what was my response, RJ? (laughs)
1: uh i think i can't remember i think you said fuck that or no actually it was a it was a great he misspelled uh ass <laughs> which i thought was super funny and i i wish you would have tweeted that under the criterion creeps I you know. quote tweet it and just say hey you misspelled ass <laughs> yeah um so i mean this is no surprise to anyone i'm that's why he threw that in there Uh, he says this was his plan all along which i think is bullshit i think he made this movie and they pressured him into connecting it back somehow and it was so successful that it's like all right well i guess we should um Yeah. So no surprise. Uh, I know you're not excited about this. I'm not either because I Mm -hmm. think Unbreakable is perfect and I don't want to see any sequel to it. Uh, But I think remember when we were talking about Split and I I was talking about why I didn't like it and how I feel like it kind of glorify like victimization and like trauma, stuff like that. Yeah. The way that M. Night announced that that girl will be returning like the lead in Split, I, I feel like if she's going to be a main character, she must get powers too. And you know why? Because she was molested and because she went through this thing or like, cause why, why else would she be there? Like, do you know what I mean? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But like for him to like announce that she'll specifically be back. I don't think she would just be there and like a throw away. Like, Hey, yeah, that guy was scary. Okay. See you later. <laughs> like, she must play some role in the story. Maybe Bruce Willis will take her under his wing. Yeah. Maybe like, I heard you had a hard time. I had some hard times, too. I was a guard at a, got a stadium. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. We'll see, I guess. We'll see. But uh, I know you hate this, but it's the news. Yeah. So what are you going to do?
0: Nothing but complain.
1: Nothing but complain on a podcast. Make sauce, that, uh, saucy three remarks. People listen to. That's right. Yeah.
0: Um, well, for my news, I've got sad news. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Criterion Creeps alum has died. Uh, Will our Rampage of Killing directors ever stop? Uh, Jonathan Demme uh, died today. I don't even know what he died of other than he died. Um, He's kind of old, wasn't he? He's on the older side. I mean, so he's one of the old um, Roger Corman directors kind of went Mm -hmm. on to have his own career, directed a bunch of music videos. There's the one that he worked on that I want to watch imminently, the Radiohead one, uh, or Radiohead, Mm -hmm. uh, Talking Heads, uh, Mm -hmm. Stop Making Sense. And then, uh, yeah, he directed that Silence of the Lambs. He sure did. is like, you know, one of the finest entries in the Criterion collection.
1: Certified hit from uh,
0: everyone involved. Yeah, and like my Twitter has just been like constant, just like critics and directors getting retweeted by old Gil Merrill Del Toro. Just talking about how like Jonathan Demme was like the nicest guy. Everyone mm-hmm. seemed
1: to like like him. Um, your, your buddy M. Knight had a tweet about him too. I bet, yeah. He's... After he went on a tirade announcing his movie, then he took the time to uh, address the fallen uh, titan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah um yeah it sucks we weren't stinks. even gunning for him either no so it's like what we can't even win like the people that we don't want to die keep dying and max landis is still here just breathing <laughs> oh. people's air fuck um, him oh boy. Whatever. oh boy i hope he's listening <laughs> i hate you anyways yeah that sucks So, um, Um, I'll pour one out tonight for him. There we are.
0: Uh, My other news tidbit uh, I got very excited about, Uh, Uh even though this was only like an announced movie that's going to happen that I don't even know. It's like hasn't begun production or anything. Usually, I don't even talk about this stuff, but this one is on a topic near and dear to my heart. But there is now coming a Vince McMahon biopic.
1: No shit.
0: Yes. This was all Hmm. the talk uh, yesterday in wrestling spheres and like people making jokes about Vince McMahon and like how this movie is going to play out. Um, I don't think it'll ever live up to what my movie would be about Vince McMahon, but, yeah. uh, this is kind of interesting. I guess, I guess I could, so this, these, these dudes wrote a script and they did, but they didn't have any permission at all to make this.
1: I, I was going to ask, is yeah. it like an endorsed biopic? It, or? Is,
0: it apparently it is now they got the rights. They actually okay. bought the film rights to do this thing. So I guess it's got some blessing, but, uh, Vince McMahon, uh, the, I guess mastermind of the current WWE product. The, yeah. he is, uh, capricious. He changes his mind a lot. So we'll see, we'll see how mm-hmm. this plays out in the end. But I mean, once a contract's signed, I guess that's, that's all you need. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and find out how this plays out. I'm very curious about who will play Mr. McMahon. Um, James McAvoy. James McAvoy. Um, sure. Uh, I saw someone throw out a good p- pick of uh, uh, Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck, with his gray hair, mm, with that, mm-hmm. that body of his. That body. That, he, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, he's like that Northeastern uh, American kind of accent, possibly. He just has to get past that Boston thing. Mm-hmm. And just,
1: yeah, and you know, if Justice League tanks, then he'll really be scrounging for something. So they might be able to scoop. Be able to, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I hadn't heard about this at all. This that's pretty exciting. Yeah. I'll watch that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. I'm yeah. I'm I'm stoked. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we'll see. Like I said, things like this can uh, die off at the drop of a hat. Sure. Um, I believe it's coming out from TriStar Columbia or something like that. It's mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. direct, directed by John Requa and Glenn Ficarra. The directorial team behind Crazy Stupid Love and Focus.
1: Crazy Stupid Love's all right. I heard Focus was bleh, whatever. That's the one with Will Smith is like a hitman. That sure is. Right? Yeah, with your uh, buddy Margot Robbie's in that too. Yeah. You know who they should have got to make this fucking movie? The dude who made uh, Man on the Moon and People versus Larry Flynn. Oh, uh Milos? Yeah, Nilos yeah, I mean, Foreman? Yeah. yeah, man. That guy's fucking the master. Well, whoever wrote that those scripts, too. Oh, like. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guys who did, like, Ed Wood, who wrote Ed mm-hmm. Wood, too. Yeah. Those guys are biopic gen- uh, they are. genies. They are genies. Genies. Yeah. Well, uh, that's cool. I'm going to watch the fuck out of that.
0: Yep. Can't wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, anywho, um, I think that's it for news and emails and what we've been creeping
1: on. I guess we got to go move on to that main event. I guess so. Hey, look, we're under an hour even. Nice. So take that, h- haters. Yeah. All right, folks.
0: Uh, after the break, we're going to go uh, get lost in some fog, and uh, RJ or I will be shot dead. So Probably me. I'm so tired. I haven't slept a wing. I'm
1: so tired. my my is on the blink. I wonder should I get up and fix myself a drink No, no, no I'm so tired I don't know
0: what to do I'm so
1: tired My mind is set on you I wonder should I en ungdomsfest mitt på natten lördag blev fund på söppelfillingar i 13 timmars tiden. Han är er kall, han är er beräkningande. Man tror att han inte ligger inten den polisen. Jag är er glad för att det var du som blev tillkallt. Ah! Du måste blåmerka beständigt. På armena, på halsen, överallt.
0: Tänk dig ett förhållande med en äldre man, äldre än jag.
1: Hva er det som gjør du ikke informerer meg? Vi är er nødt til här. Jeg skjønner, faen ikke svensk. Det, er ikke det er som lever.
0: her. Hente! Den som synder, and we're back. And we're talking about Insomnia from 1997, directed by Eric Skoldberg. There's been a murder. A man has killed a young girl. A Norwegian police detective, Erik Vik, and a Swede now working in Norway, Jonas Engstrom, are sent to investigate. They investigate. The girl seemed to be cut off from her friends. Something was going on. There might have been another guy. Details are scarce, but there seem to be a secret there. Uh, and no, this movie isn't Twin Peaks. Um, mm-hmm. There's further investigation. Uh, and then a guy is found. Uh, but the arrest is botched. The Swede, Engstrom, kills his partner by accident. But instead of admitting his mistake, lies about the suspect being the culprit. And now the suspect knows he didn't do it and has something to hold over Engstrom's head. Suspense ensues. And Mm -hmm. that's essentially the story up here. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I guess the whole backdrop to it is that it is set in northern Norway, which Mm -hmm. is a unique part of the world where uh, for months on end, during certain times of the year, during the, I guess, the winter for there, uh, Mm -hmm. it's summer and uh, the sun is out all the time. There's no night. And this proves to be a problem for a Southerner like uh, Engstrom, who does not get sleep. And mm-hmm. this, I guess, is getting to him. Right. So, um, my history with this movie is I would never seen it before. Um, I remember first hearing about this movie early on in the days of finding about the Criterion Collection. And, you know, skimming through all the titles in there mm-hmm. and being like, oh... Insomnia. Oh, it's like a crime movie. Oh, it's about like a murdered girl. And oh, man, mm-hmm. this movie sounds awesome. Like, this sounds so up my alley. But this mm-hmm. was, of course, back when, like, you'd actually had to buy these movies and track them down. And that was, like, di- more difficult to do. And then, RJ, mm-hmm. Warner Warner Brothers came along. And they sure did. They had uh, this Christopher Nolan guy direct a remake of this movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. starring movie stars like Al Pacino and Robin Williams and uh, Hilary Swank. And they they made this movie, which I saw. And... uh, I don't know, Insomnia, the the idea of watching the remake was always like kind of in my mind, like, oh, I should definitely check it out, because, you know, yeah. it's like the original, and you know what, it's going to be better, and blah, 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 um, and yeah, I don't know, I this, there's always something else to watch, and one of the purposes of doing this podcast, this whole project, is to get through all the movies, and it's now brought me here to watching Insomnia, the original.
1: Yes, yes. Um,
0: so... Uh, I'll just kind of start talking about the movie, I guess. So the sure. opening, the opening credits, uh, it's very like the first thing that popped into my mind is like, oh, this movie came out post Seven. <laughs> uh, mm. This is it's kind of weird watching this movie now because like the whole opening montage, you get the um, the not Robin Williams character mm-hmm. like struggling with this girl, and then she winds up with her head going through a nail that's happened to be on the wall, and it's an accidental death we all, we know this all. And Mm -hmm. then I'm like, but I'm watching this movie and I'm like, Oh, I've seen, I have seen this movie because I've seen the Nolan movie. And Mm -hmm. then like, there's like the, the cleaning of the bodies and like, it's like very like, Oh, this is like seven. This is like seven. Um, and then I'm like, Oh, it's like serial killer stuff. And then I'm like that eight millimeter film that it's shot in. I don't know if it's aged that well. It's very Mm -hmm. much of the nineties. Um, and then, like, I start realizing as this movie's going, this is really, like, like the remake of this is, like, beat for beat in a lot of ways. Like, a lot of the stuff is just there. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, this is the funny thing. There is something missing in the storytelling and pacing in this version that Nolan definitely adds to things that I think makes it an improvement <laughs> um, mm-hmm. over, over this version. Um, cause for the most part, this movie feels like a, I don't know if you've watched very much British television crime shows, but up until the scene where, uh, Engstrom kills his partner, this felt like very like conventional. And I was kind of like, huh, why is this a movie? (laughs) Cause it felt like exactly Mm -hmm. like, uh, an episode of, um. Uh, cracker or something like that uh, like, sure like any of this like British stuff I've watched from the 90s so from this era it's like very like stripped down low budget uh, it's like all these this, the big city detectives coming into a small community to investigate something and you can tell mm-hmm. the story over the course of one episode very basic stuff um, but so yeah I don't know um, I'll, I'll talk we'll talk more about the movies as we go but my feelings on this is this movie's okay it's not a bad movie <clears throat> but um uh, I didn't uh, have time to watch the Christopher Nolan insomnia this uh, week, but I watched it a year ago when I watched all of mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan's movies like in one go again. And uh, I got to say that I think it's like a much better movie.
1: Right? Yep. Okay. So. To you. As we, <laughs> to me. As we teased last week, this is a rare, rare time where this is a movie that I not only own that you don't, but I have seen before, and you haven't. And I think people... I think I've let it slip a few times that I am a big fan of Mr. Christopher Nolan. Uh, he's my my number one guy, like uh, Bob and Jackie Nicholson. Some people will get that. Uh, anyways, so I've always held the Nolan one in high regard. And I, when I found out that there was the original... Uh, and Criterion and all that, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to buy that. Because I love that Nolan movie. And it's the only Nolan movie that's a remake. And uh, I think I've later deduced that, oh yeah, this is probably a studio movie. Like, He made Memento, and the studio was like, let's see what you can do. Mm -hmm. Make this. And uh, I think this is like, I would say this is probably his only studio movie. Because this is the only one, or for Nolan, it was the only one he didn't write. And it was the only... Anyways, I'll get get to Nolan's stuff later. So for Insomnia, I've seen this before, and uh, I watched it about a year or two ago maybe when I bought it. Right. And I was very much the same that you are. I was of the same opinion. I was like, man, I like Nolan's more. I don't know if it's just because I saw that first and I remember it better. It's like all these things are kind of beat for beat. Uh, I just, I didn't think much of it. I was like, it's good, but you know, it's not super good. Right. Uh, watching it again this week. Yep. Uh, it was a big improvement. I actually enjoyed this a lot more on a second watch. Hmm. And I think part of it was because I had going into it. I had high expectations because I hold Chris Nolan up on this pedestal pedestal. Hmm. And, uh, I was like, I want to see this thing that he, Made and I watched it and I was like, huh, that's it, huh? All right. right, well, I guess I was like, I I always have the Nolan one. Watching it this time, I was I went in with kind of lower expectations because I was like, I've seen it, I know how it plays out, I know I like the remake more, uh, and I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, okay, there's a there's a lot of stuff that I uh, I like in it. Um, I think w- the one of the biggest things is like the color palette, like it's so bland and bright. Yeah. And I think that's one thing this movie – or one of the things this movie did a, way better than the remake is it really kind of sticks like this desolate area where it's like up in Norway. Everything's like really like washed out. A bit more and dreary
0: than the dreary. kind of, uh, picturesque Alaskan wilderness.
1: Exactly, exactly. So um, I, I guess on the whole, I actually enjoyed the, uh, the original Insomnia uh, a lot more this time. I thought it was really good. Um, and cause I can't avoid it because I need to compare the two. Uh, I watched the Christopher Nolan one last night too. Yep. So, uh, I di- I watched it back to back like on consecutive days and I've always been a strong advocate for that Christopher Nolan one and watching it this time, uh, it fell a little flat for me. Um, it's mm-hmm. definitely the weakest Nolan movie, which I think mm-hmm. is still says a lot. Like, I mean, it's still a good movie, but, uh, um, I I don't know it was kind of weird like uh, it, I didn't expect I would have that opinion at all like um, I still like it uh, but so the parts of the Nolan movie that are the same as Insomnia the original that's where it's not good because it's just beat for beat remake um, and I was like well I was like I kind of like the, the original version the way they present that uh, I think hmm. the parts of the Nolan movie which are really good are where they kind of run away with run away with the story and they differ from the original and that it's like what you were saying before. That's not really what I had thought original like before when I first watched this, right. I was like, Oh no, that Nolan one, like the parts that were way better. Like he, he shows it way better. Um, I thought that for a long time, but, uh, going back to it, I don't know. Uh, hmm. so my point I guess was, uh, I think this movie really warrants a rewatch. Okay. Uh, not anytime soon. But I think definitely, if you had watched the Christopher Nolan one first, and then you watch this one, I think it kind of taints your viewing a little bit. I think I I would uh, almost guarantee that's the case <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of kind of blocks your the way you watch it a little bit. But um, yeah,
0: well, because like the whole time I guess kept having deja vu and be like, I've seen this, but I've seen it like I don't know better, the, the, better, the, right? The, 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 it's shot yeah. like it's shot. Uh, so beautifully in its, mm-hmm. like in, in the uh, remake the music the mm-hmm. you have like movie stars and the, the pacing mm-hmm. it seems like okay so my big thing that I felt was lacking in the uh, night, like this original movie that we're yeah. actually supposed to be talking about but I find, I I, but, but I think this is interesting because like we actually have like two remakes like we have a remake to talk bounce it off of and mm-hmm. where it's like very similar and we can really contrast filmmaking techniques and like mm-hmm. uh, sensing like in this like what works and what doesn't. Um, like, yeah. I felt like this movie did not really utilize the, like, midnight sun aspect. Like, it didn't drive that home as well, I think, yeah. as, like, Nolan does, where he really gets into, like, the fact that it's, like, so it's, it's, it's It's like, not only is it bright, but it's also it seems blisteringly hot and bright. Right. And, like, you really get into the sense of, like, uh, Al Pacino is, like, losing his mind, and he's getting, mm-hmm. like, more hangdog and dreary. Whereas I find yeah. that um, here, um, uh, Stellengard's, Stelen. like... Yeah, uh, his, like, performance is, like, way more, uh, I think I've seen the word, uh, like, oh, it's, like, opalesque or opalee, like, I don't know, it's, like, I've seen it pop up a few times. What does that at me. Um, it's, like, he he's evasive, like, he even, like, okay. his, like, his complexion is, like, kind of waxy, uh, opaque, that's the word I'm trying to come up with, opaque. Ah, uh, okay, okay, So he's, like, I mean, he, like, whereas, like, Al Pacino is run-down, rugged old Al Pacino. Oh, he's yeah. that's what he he just like looks like a like he's beef jerky walking mm-hmm. around and his his voice is <laughs> worn down yeah. and like weathered. Um mm-hmm. here, um he he's not like um Yeah. He's I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to get him Uh, a finger down on him and even like what he's done Mm -hmm. in the past like the whole like uh, exchange about like him like spying on his colleagues Mm -hmm. talking about him walking in while like having sex with a Mm. uh, uh, witness which like I'm like when I first was watching this, I was like, "Wait, what did he do?" Like, it, it was it seems yeah. so vague because I I remembered really in the uh, yep. the Nolan movie that it's like, "Oh no, there was like some question about corruption." Like, like there was
1: like mm-hmm. a real like it was very nailed down because it's an American movie, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, that's the biggest thing, definitely, is that the motivation for why he like can't just come out with it is like given to you like right away. Like you, you totally understand. It's like, yeah, he can't say that or like, he can't just come clean with it because everyone's watching what he does with this guy. So the motivation is definitely clear. Right. In uh, the remake. But, um, I was going to say, I think watching both of these, uh, it really shows the contrast between American cinema and like say European cinema. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so the original one, uh, they don't like kind of hand feed you anything. Um, they don't have like mass blocks of exposition. They're not like uh, like they f- think you you'll connect the dots. The American one, uh, like Nolan's version, there is some of that where there's like there's guys like spouting off like things that it's like yeah I know where it's like like putting too much air into a balloon. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah I get it and like I see that's what I mean like I don't blame I don't think it had anything to do with him. Because someone else wrote the screenplay for this, and I really think this was the movie that he just had to make for the studio before he was kind of allowed to run free a little bit. Yeah. Um. But no, I actually I thought the same thing uh, that you did. I was like, I really think the Nolan one nails certain things better, like the uh, like the actual brightness and stuff like that. And then when I watched it, I was like, I was like, it does, but not as much as I remembered it. Mm. So I don't know if that says something, but I think the Nolan one left such an impression on me. Like 15 years ago when it came out, yeah. That I had uh, built it up in such a way where I was like, "Oh man, it does this better, it does this better." Mm. And then actually rewatching them, I was like, "I do think it does a lot of those things better, but uh, not to the grand uh, like the grand scale that I had built it up in okay. my own head." Okay. If that if that makes sense. Okay. So yeah, and like I'm not I'm not trying to shit on Nolan's either. I still mm. really like that movie. Yeah. So I just uh, watching them both. Yeah.
0: My thing, I guess, is that at the end of the day, I don't really like like uh, Nolan's insomnia that much. Like it's just okay, yeah. but it's like not like I don't know. It's not memorable. It's pretty generic. Like it comes off like a Hollywood remake. Um, but I guess Wait. like I was like it was just so weird because like I watched it and then watching the original. I just, like, mm-hmm. man, it's, like, this seems, like, so uninteresting. It's it's the story, though, too. I don't know. Yeah. It's, like, pretty, like, um, I don't know. I was reading about uh, Nordic Noir, RJ, because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if you've uh, read any of that stuff, like, uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Um yes. So there's that type of thing. And, like, I tried reading that book, and, like, I thought it was just, like, absolute shit. Like, I thought that was just, like,
1: garbage. And, Can I be uh, straight with you, Papa? Sure. I read 200 pages, and then I put it down, and I never read it again. Yeah. So,
0: anyway, Um, sorry. Anyway, so, like, this, like, I don't know, like, crime genre stuff, it's got to be pretty good or interesting to like draw you in and this seems like Mm -hmm. fairly simple even though it's got this great like kind of high concept which I think is what was kind of why Nolan would have even wound up doing it because this whole idea of like oh it's a place without sun it's like Mm -hmm. what if people broke into people's dreams what if a guy uh, couldn't remember 10 minutes ago and we edited it that way that's like always kind of Mm -hmm. been his thing so insomnia kind of like there's that kernel of an idea Um, but at the end of the Mm -hmm. day it's sort of just what it is um and so yep. my first real note about this movie uh, is vomiting in the alley, the barking dog. Interesting scenes to carry over between both films. Because I mm-hmm. totally forgot, RJ, about the fact that he goes back to that
1: alley to shoot the dog
0: to get a bullet to match.
1: <laughs> you, you, you know what, though? What? They uh, they try to save face for Pacino. Yeah. Because it would be against character in the remake. The dog is, is already dog? dead. Yes. And I remember, yeah. and I was like, oh, like, that's,
0: because <laughs> I was like trying, because it's like, yeah, you get this, like, really grotesque scene in the yeah. original of him, like, digging mm-hmm. out a bullet, which I guess is just there to, like, make you really hate this guy, which, like, yeah. he's not particularly likable up to this point, and this isn't giving doing him any favors.
1: Yeah, um, he's, he's, like, not likable at all in the whole movie, where, yeah. like, for Pacino, I think it's, like, he has to be likable because everyone knows fucking Al Pacino. They're yeah. Like this, everyone loves this guy. He's Al but, Pacino. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, no.
0: Serpico I, himself.
1: Serpico. Yeah, I thought the same stuff. And uh, yeah, like the Nolan one, it, it's beat for beat. And all they do is they kind of elaborate a little bit more. They give, uh, there's a little more breathing room where, like like I mean, yeah. like in the, in the original one, like they don't waste any time, like yeah. telling you what's going on. Yeah. They, they, I think they just they think that you're gonna figure it out it's like yeah the audience can figure out like how we jump from a to c like we don't need to fill in all the gaps right but uh i would say definitely like uh because i i was the exact same thought of you but uh, the repeated watching or the the rewatch it uh it was really it was a lot better so i'd say Hmm. give it like two years and Mm -hmm. watch this thing again and i I and mean, that's weird. But well,
0: well, folks, uh, when we uh, re-record all of our Criterion Creep watches, like yeah. we'll watch the movies again. We'll, again. St- we'll start at number one. We'll work our way up, and when we get to Insomnia, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see how I feel about it then. But like, I, I mean, I can totally buy it. Yeah. I, I accept exactly what you're saying. I probably uh, yeah. you're right. Like it probably is now that. Uh, it's 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 watching it in that order which is interesting um like i don't know if a lot of remakes will have that same power because maybe they're not so beat for beat or there'll be like different qualities so it's like it's really weird how similar they are i guess and like how much it's stuck to the uh original because actually we will be uh sooner than later we're going to be watching the vanishing Mm-hmm. and there's that there's the american remake of that which i have not seen but i i think that yeah. movie
1: uh completely uh shits the bed from my understanding yeah. but we'll find well, out then and there yeah. so that's the thing too most uh most remakes don't have a uh, fucking mega all-star chris nolan at the helm so right they can't all benefit from having the the best out there but uh yeah i don't know man like i uh, i enjoyed this one a lot more on the rewatch and oh. um so since the uh, since the remake
0: is uh, fresh in your mind, RJ, uh, yep. how, was was there finger banging in the
1: Christopher Nolan version? What? Oh no. I... <laughs> no no actually that scenes actually played really funny yeah um, no like,
0: that's that was my memory
1: because i was watching
0: this I was like whoa yeah. this guy's a mm-hmm. cretin like he's, he's a real fucking weird dude because it's, yeah because it's, then we also get the uh attempted sexual assault by the protagonist later on mm-hmm.
1: yeah and the weirdest box of kitten scene you'll ever see yeah uh but no yeah that it's actually played for um played pretty fun like uh Pacino's digging through the trash, and he's like, "In garbage," and, like that Pacino way. And he's like, "You'll feel right at home here, Toots." Uh, and you're just yeah. like, "Cause you and you root for him." You're like, "You yeah, you tell that you tell that bitch." Wow. It's like she she was sleeping around on her best friend, mm-hmm. and uh, you just you can't help but be like, "Yeah, man, you did it, Pacino." Mm-hmm. But uh, it actually my my only uh, notes about the remake is about Pacino. Uh, because, okay. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll save those. Save those. Okay. Okay. Uh, share your notes
0: about the original film
1: that we're actually
0: supposed okay. to be talking about. Well, <laughs> so
1: I I did kind of touch on most of that stuff. Like uh, like we were saying, I actually like the opening. I think it's a cool cold open where it's just like you just watch a guy kill a girl. Yeah. And like without any context. Right. I think that's good. Uh, like I said, like the bland, washed out palette of everything. Uh, I think paints how like why the people are trying to get out of this place and kind of the environment really good. Uh, the girl's got a sweet Keanu Reeves poster in her room. I thought that was awesome. Uh, there is a scene where Stellan Skarsgård is trying to sleep with his watch on. And I feel like that's really stupid. (laughs) And I know people do that, but it's like, of course you can't sleep. You got a watch on. But how do people sleep with watches on? I,
0: I sleep with a Fitbit on all
1: the time. How the fuck do you do that? Very easily. Doesn't he, that bother you? Not in the least. You are a weird dude. You're a weird dude. Um, there's a scene at the end where Stellan Skarsgård goes over to the bed, and it is well, well below his knees. So mm-hmm. he's either like seven foot five, yeah, or the beds in Norway are super small. That's
0: quite possible.
1: Quite possible. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I, I liked it. Um I really liked it this time. There there's a lot of things and there's a lot of things that I liked. Like so generic here. Uh I don't know. I think the interplay with the other cops is a lot better in this one. Um in the Nolan one, there's like like I like Hillary Swank, but at the end it's kinda weird where she's like she's like trying she's like nobody's gotta know Al Pacino that you mm. like did this and yes. he's like, be tr-. he's like, be true to yourself. Oh, don't baby. Com-
0: don't compromise yourself. See, now you're back to Nolan already.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, I know, so, but it's, it's hey, hard we, not we, to.
0: We haven't even, we haven't really even talked about like the villain of like the the movie. The uh, Scars. N- no, well, the 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 actual the actual killer. The, the killer. The crime. Yeah, too- Mr.
1: Crime writer John Holt. Yeah, it's too yeah. hard for me not to picture Robin Williams, even while oh, yeah. watching the original, where oh, I'm right. like, this guy's not Robin Williams. Yeah during uh yeah robin williams dark phase he's like yeah. uh his trilogy of
0: like death to smoochie mm-hmm. and uh one hour photo and insomnia he, he's
1: really good in this movie though i i like robin williams i think he's really good in these movies anyways <laughs> do both but, these movies uh, <laughs> both these movies yeah the original uh the villain like he's good he fits the role yeah. pretty good but um i don't know
0: <sighs> yeah i don't
1: yeah. know man what do you what do you think I don't know. I agree. Um,
0: My only other big note here is: is the ending here better than the Nolan movie?
1: Yes, because the ending of this movie is a freeze frame of glowing (laughs) eyes in the dark. Eyes wide open, because his eyes never get to close. RJ, his eyes never get to close, and uh, I forgot that that was how it ended. And then when I watched it, I was like, "My God!" (sighs) Like, it's. I think it's really funny. It's, it's ballsy, that's for sure. It's I, I, ballsy. I, I kind
0: of like, I don't know, you could like laugh at it. I don't know if a movie yeah, could pull that funny. off now. Because it's like, 20, no. oh god, that movie's 20, this movie's 20 years old now. That's nuts. Could,
1: could you imagine if one of those Marvel movies, where it's just like Iron Man, he's like, I sure learned how to be a, a man again. And then it zoomed in on his face and it went dark, but his eyes were still lit. Or like Cyclops' visor. Yeah. And then underneath it just said, stay woke. And it was like... <sighs> You didn't even mention how woke facts uh, are. Woke, yeah. God damn. Well, they, they can't sleep, Jer.
0: Oh, um, yeah. So fun times. Fun times. Um, I'll throw out there. Uh, I actually, I actually uh, thought to read the essay that accompanied this release because you lent me your Blu-ray. No. Uh, Jonathan Romney, this is like r- the first paragraph to him uh, talking about Scholberg described the film as a reversed film noir with light, not darkness, as its dramatic force. So one could call it a film blanc. Blanc film. meaning white, but also blank, given the film's detached chill, as opaque as the features of its policeman antihero. Damn. Damn. Um, you know, I I I, uh, I read the essay, and I think I actually enjoyed reading about the movie in essay form more than watching the movie. Watching, and I didn't like. Again, it's not a bad movie. Uh, again, like when we talked about uh, taste of cherry, it was. It's like such a breath of fresh air to watch like contemporary movies that have like yeah, uh, you know, modern storytelling and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Like this movie is just like very okay to me uh and a lot of that comes down to i think the story and it's like it's just not a story i particularly like and it's the same thing with the nolan movie i i I would put this as like nolan's third worst movie which is still
1: not bad (laughs) yeah yeah that doesn't it's doesn't say much i mean all his movies are wicked so whatever yeah they're all wicked but uh i was gonna say the last thing i'll say about the nolan one because i know i've been talking about that a lot but I can't stop. Uh, My only notes are about Al Pacino and his stunt double. Oh, okay. In in this movie, Al Pacino is 62 years old when they filmed this movie. And he is in a lot of scenes where he's chasing down perps. He's running over logs. He's doing all this real man stuff. Yeah. And if you watch closely, it is fucking amazing to see. Because it'll <laughs> zoom up on Al Pacino and he's not even moving. His arms are just going and he's like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it'll it'll cut to a back shot of like like a guy who's clearly thirty years younger, like full on sprinting, like <laughs> like really ripping through. And it's like it's like, yeah, I know. That's not a big thing, but it was so, oh, it's I just, it's me. really funny to watch. Like, it's just like, I can't believe Al Pacino is doing this. And like in the scenes where he's running, he does this really weird thing with his mouth where he's like, <sighs> like he's like chomping at the air or something. Like he's never ran before in his life and he doesn't know like how your face should be. He's like. <laughs> oh man, you got to, you got to rewatch some of uh,
0: vintage uh, Al Pacino, some Glengarry Glenn Ross. He Pacino. Yeah, man. Yeah.
1: uh, I just I thought that was really funny because he's old and clearly old and like they're (laughs) getting him to do all these like because it's good casting too. like me and Andrew were even talking about this is like do you think Pacino was just cast because he's already so old and tired yeah that it's like he can play the tired guy real good yeah and it's like yeah he does he plays tired guy really good because he is old and tired right but uh, yeah no I just those those uh, chase scenes with him are pretty fun right they're pretty fun, man. Fun, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I like the original a lot more than I did. That's so good.
0: That's what I'll say about this that, that, movie. That is gives it hope. Maybe I'll have yep. to uh, watch it again two years from now.
1: <laughs> give it, give it like two years, and then watch it again, and you'll be like, yeah, this was pretty good.
0: Clean the palette. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. well, RJ, maybe uh, several other people should also watch this movie again in two years because this oh, movie—it's oh. got some hate. I can see that. So, yeah. who hates this movie? Uh, uh, a constant factor, it seems, sometimes in who hates this movie Fat Pie 42. Uh, it's been a while since uh, I've uh, come across any of his comments. That's um, gross. The original movie, which Christopher Nolan remade. Both movies are similarly dull, dreary, and disappointing. While this version contains some rather more subtle acting from Stellan Skarsgård, rather than the overacting we saw from Al Pacino and Robin Williams, he's rather difficult to sympathize, sympathize with. In the end, I felt the movie—yeah, exactly—I uh, felt the movie was a less than pleasant experience without much to justify it. And then he says to go to his blog to read his full review. No, wow, no fat No, bye.
1: we will not give you that click today.
0: Um, somebody here called Ethny gave this movie two stars, and they had the hot take of just as boring as Twin Peaks, but with a more subdued color palette. Huh.
1: Yeah. Just as boring, hey. Just as boring. I don't boring. think I've ever heard anyone describe Twin Peaks as boring. <sighs> yeah, not not anyone worth paying attention to,
0: like Eth- yeah. Ethny, a uh, nice uh, Agenti gave this two stars. Much more straightforward than I expected. Skarsgård' performance is okay, but I have liked to get a better feel for Engstrom. Is he as terrible as he seems at first, or is he an okay guy in an abysmal situation? That seems like an important question to answer, but neither Skarsgård nor the script really make it clear, and that ambiguity makes a lot of Engstrom's unpleasant actions seem that much worse. Uh, Schroeder does play some interesting tricks with apparent eyeline matches as Ingstrom breaks down, finding ways to depict hallucinating that match my own experiences with sleep deprivation pretty well, but those moments can uh, elevate the rest of the film. Now I'm really curious to see what Nolan does with this material. So that's interesting, someone watching it in order.
1: Yeah, but uh, this guy's always also like, I do my own sleep deprivation experiments, and I also <laughs> test on myself. <laughs> I've, yeah. I, I beat
0: up a girl once and she died from a nail in the hole in her head. She was fine. She didn't die at all.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no. whatever. This is a
0: liar <laughs> this movie. Is, this is f- fake bullshit. Um, yeah. And then from actual legitimate film critic, uh, Mike D'Angelo, he gave this oh. two and a half stars. He had some words for it. Found mm-hmm. found this even more underwhelming the second time. Really, Criterion? Nolan's remake is one of his weakest films but he still improved upon the original in many respects, most notably by devising a plausible reason for the antihero to cover up the accidental shooting. Mm Skarsgård's performance is more compellingly opaque, see, opaque, Ah, than Pacino's, but he still can't sell that initial self-serving decision, much less its increasingly ugly chain of after-effects. The film turns into Bad Lieutenant minus the anguish, which is really just garden-variety sordidness. It's apropos, RJ, that Engstrom's abortive assault on the motel desk clerk takes place against a wall of toilet paper rolls. Uh, Skoldberg um, doesn't even do much with the ever-present glare of the midnight sun, paying little attention to the time of day except when Engstrom is lying awake in bed, which I completely agree with. Um, yeah. Like, you didn't get the sense of the time of day, really. And it seemed like anybody was like... Uh, I, like hey, what are you getting some sleep? Like the whole idea of hey, you need to get some sleep that wasn't mm-hmm. played up too much, not as much as the Nolan, which again is like American <clears throat> sensibilities, I think. Yeah, um, and of course, uh, here at the end, looking at his filmography since, uh, filmography since, and I endured something called Pioneer, I feel wholly yep. vindicated in my 1998 dismissal. So here's one guy Mm -hmm. who, I guess, uh, waited like like 15 years before going back to it and was still not a fan. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing with uh, Mr. Uh, Director here, uh, Scholdberg. His -hmm. filmography is super underwhelming. He's only made like, I think, I think it was eight feature films. He had like two short films that are also included on the Criterion Blu-ray. And then Mm he's directed a bunch of stuff. He tried going to America to make movies. Didn't work out. And then he directed this movie with Wes Bentley, I think. Called uh Pioneer. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he didn't he didn't he didn't take off. He didn't set
1: the world on well, fire. That's fine. I don't need more movies from him, but uh I was gonna say, uh, the time of day, uh like in the two movies, Nolan does do that good, but it also has something I absolutely hate. Like so Pacino does it pretty good where he's like, Let's go pull that kid out of school and they're like, It's ten, and he's like, You bet it is. And they're like Pete, uh, yeah. and then there's this fucking piece of shit actor named uh, Nicky Cat. Oh, don't you say anything bad about Nicky Cat. Oh. Nicky Cat is such a piece of shit. Why do you like him? He's... And he, he like laughs. He's like, <laughs> yeah, you got him. He's also <laughs> I I don't I hate him because he's in The Dark Knight, and he says the the perfect movie, the only blemish on that entire movie is he's driving the SWAT car, or the truck, and you know what he fucking says. I didn't sign up for this. It's <laughs> you. you piece of shit. It's like, yeah, of course you did. You're a fucking SWAT like guy. So I I hate that piece of shit. Why do you
0: like him? He sucks. Uh, have you ever seen The Limey? No. Okay, you should watch The Limey. Steven Soderbergh's The Limey. He he's got a good he, yeah. he gets a pass in that movie. And then he also plays like an actor playing Hitler in uh another
1: uh Steven Soderbergh movie, Full Frontal. That's why he's in uh, insomnia. Then, because uh, I don't know if you know this, but the two producers on the Nolan remake were Steven Soderbergh and Mr. George Clooney. There you go. He's one of their boys. Mm-hmm. So good fuck old me, fashioned Mickey Hollywood. Ah, okay. He sucks. I don't care. <laughs> I hate him. Nobody cares. He didn't sign up for this. He didn't. Yes, you did. Oh my god. <sighs> well. I hate it, Jarrett.
0: And <laughs> I hope other
1: people will will grow to hate that as well. And see how dumb it is.
0: <laughs> well, I hope that uh, we'll brand it so when people do hear it, they'll just think about how much you hate it, and then they'll like start enjoying it out of spite. <sighs> well, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I,
1: yeah. Okay. Spite yeah. is fine.
0: Spite's a, gr- a great thing. Uh, makes spite. the world go around. Mm-hmm. Uh, any last thoughts, RJ, before we wrap this one up?
1: Uh, my opinion: better on a second viewing. So, if you were felt underwhelmed, give it another shot. Okay
0: there you have it uh, after the break uh, we are going to finally be able to close our eyes after another episode you're gonna kill
1: me tonight
0: she said I could tell you stories that could make you cry what about you send me too I could tell you a story that would make
1: Tell me one of y'all
0: Jay, uh, whatever
1: happened to Hillary Swank? She died, man. She fell onto that uh, chair in that boxing ring, and then I think she withered away. Oh, that's really that's sad. Yeah, I, I like Hillary Swank. She She's kind of, from the trailer park, bro. Yeah, um, she just yeah. kind of stopped doing things. Um, well, she, she won an Oscar, so she can. Oh.
0: Well, if you have any thoughts about Hillary Swank, you can email <laughs> us at CriterionCreeps at gmail.com. uh Uh, We're lonely still. We're a little less lonely this week, but we'll be lonely. lonely. One week from now, boy, that hollowness of life will really be consuming us once more. Uh, We've got that Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on the Letterboxed. He's Barnloaf. I'm Jared Duncan. Uh, We're on SoundCloud, Mm -hmm. Stitcher, iTunes, all that jazz. Rate, subscribe. I don't know. Tell your friends. Review. Tell your friends. And next week... Spine number 48, Marcel Camus' Black Orpheus from 1959. Oh, neat. RJ, I know nothing about this movie.
1: I know something about this movie. Whoa. So fuck you, Jared Duncan. I'm the expert now. Wow, man. The tables have truly turned. They truly Uh, have
0: turned. Yeah, so this is a total unknown for me. I know the title. Uh, I think uh, I've never seen a Marcel Camus movie before. Uh, but I'm going to be watching
1: one in a few days,
0: and uh-huh. I'll be doing a podcast where we're supposed to know
1: about these things. Um, well, I- I, uh, fortunately, I take this job seriously, so uh, I, I have some, a few things to say next week. Outstanding.
0: Uh, well, good night, folks. Uh, hopefully where you are, the sun sets at an appropriate time. Is that
1: like a butt joke? Oh. You know, where it's like, see where the sun don't shine? Man, oh man. Bye. Uh, Bye. I I wrecked it again. Yep. (laughs)